Good morning. I appreciate the privilege of bringing God's Word to you this morning on this special day of the year. And uh, I do thank Audrey for, for presenting to us what she has about the Chosen One, Mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. If I were to ask you where in the Bible you would find the facts about the birth of Jesus, a lot of you would very readily say the early part of Matthew's Gospel, the early part of Luke's Gospel. You've probably realised that uh, Mark skips that a bit and goes straight on to the story of John the Baptist and then comes back to Jesus. And, uh, but I want to direct your attention this morning to the first part of two other books that don't give us the, the facts so much about the birth of Jesus, but an explanation, an interpretation, an explanation of the purpose of his coming. And, and I'm doing that under the heading of God's Christmas Word. I, I want to direct your attention, first of all, to the book of Hebrews. And you might be a little surprised about that. The early verses of the book of Hebrews. Oops, I'm losing something here. It goes this way. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So would you keep that in mind? that God spoke through the prophets and then spoke through his son, Jesus. When we speak, we normally use words. And so we're going back now to John's Gospel, the, uh, the first chapter, very first couple of verses. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh or became a human being and made his dwelling among us. So the coming of Jesus into this world is God speaking a word to mankind, to you and me. Jesus is God's word coming to us. And if I were to try to put in, in simple and, and short uh, words what God says in that word, it would be simply this, that in that word, God says, I love you. Words that we all either long or love to hear. I love you. And in sending Jesus into this world, God says that to us, I love you. That word is very clearly uh, repeated time and time again in the record of the coming and the life of, and the teaching of Jesus. And I'm suggesting to you this morning that in the Christmas event and in all that it initiated, 
God was saying at least three things which I'm going to associate through experience with the matter of loving people. When a relationship of love develops between people, there are certain things that we are willing to do and that we want to do and that the ones that are loved are willing to do and want to do to express that growing love between us. What sort of things am I talking about? Well, to express our growing love for people, we are willing to make ourselves known to them. When we are trying to express love to someone, we don't hide from them. We don't keep them at a distance or refuse to communicate with them. We don't refuse to let them know what our values are, what kind of person we are. If we are starting to love someone, then we will make ourselves known to them. In fact, we will enjoy making ourselves known to them. And they will enjoy making themselves known to us. And this is what God has done in coming in the person of Jesus into this human world. He has said, I love you enough to make myself known to you. I love you enough to make myself known to you. And what better way to make himself known to mankind than to come right here in the midst of uh, human society as a human being and to work and to talk and to eat and to sleep and to help and to explain the nature of God to them. God showed himself as a person in the life of Jesus Christ and towards the end of his earthly life Jesus said, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. How is that? If you had known me, Jesus said, you would have known my father also. And so that's the first thing that, that we need to realise that is a part of expressing love, making ourselves known, and that's what God did in Jesus. I love you enough to make myself known to you, he says to the world. Secondly, when we develop relationships with people, individuals or, or perhaps couples or small groups of people, from time to time we, we express love by giving them something. Not necessarily material things. Sometimes we will give people gifts and they will give us gifts as we get to love each other more and more. Sometimes we will give our time so that we might listen to them, so that we might understand them better and get them to understand us better. Sometimes we will give them thoughtfulness and care, inquiring after them, inquiring after their loved ones. Sometimes we will sacrifice our plans so that we can fit in with something that they need us to do or that it would be beneficial and a blessing to them for us to do. And you will have done this kind of thing many times throughout your life as you have developed relationships with people, for your husband or wife in particular, for your family members and for others who become close friends. 
In other words, you have said by your actions, I love you enough to sacrifice for your good. I love you enough to sacrifice for your good. Jesus did not sacrifice only on the cross. He sacrificed at the cradle. He sacrificed throughout his life. As the Apostle Paul tells us in his letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, the majesty and the, the, the glory uh, and the wonder of heaven belonged to Jesus by right because he was divine. He was part of the, and is, part of the, of the Godhead. But Paul says that Jesus laid all that aside. He sacrificed that so that he could come as a human being to, to serve us. And Paul puts it this way. Though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God something to be held on to, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That is sacrifice. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Friends, the whole coming and the whole living of Jesus on this earth was sacrifice. And then that sacrifice culminated in the cross when he was willing to give his life on the cross. He saw himself as the good shepherd giving his life for the good of the sheep. He sacrificed in coming. He sacrificed in living a life of service in this sinful world. He sacrificed supremely by allowing himself to be crucified so that we might have the price of our ransom or our redemption paid by him. Would you agree with me that the popular idea of, of Christmas is totally divorced from all of that? The popular idea of Christmas is so divorced from the meaning and the purpose of Christmas. So that's the second thing that God said through the coming of Jesus Christ. I love you enough to sacrifice for your good, for your redemption. And thirdly, we have found, we have all found, I'm sure, that when there is a relationship of love developing between us and others and we want to express that love, we want to be with the people we love. We want to be in their company. The Lord graciously gave my wife and me almost 64 years together as a married couple. And if you had said to either of us at any time, who do you most want to be with? There would have been no question. I want most of all to be with the ones that I love and the ones who love me. And in coming into this world in the person of Jesus Christ, God has said, I love you enough to want you with me for eternity. The Apostle Peter wrote, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, so that he might bring us to God. And Jesus himself said to those who believed in him and who accepted him as their, their saviour and their Lord, and this is recorded in John chapter 14, verse 3, 
I will take you to myself, so that where I am you may be also. What kind of words are they? They are words of love. True love that wants to be with the beloved forever, always. God is saying, I love you so much that I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want you to be separated from me. I want you with me in my heaven for eternity. All that is involved in the real meaning of Christmas. All of that is involved in God's Christmas word spoken to us by the word, his son Jesus. My friends, are you hearing what God's Christmas word is? Are you hearing what he has said to you and me and to all people? Firstly, I love you enough to make myself known to you, so I'm coming into your midst in the person of Jesus. I love you enough to sacrifice for your redemption. And we have not really celebrated Christmas unless we have acknowledged that Jesus died on the cross for us so that he might redeem us to himself. We haven't really celebrated Christmas because we have not understood the purpose of it until we have applied the reason for it to our own lives. And thirdly, I love you enough to want to share eternity with you. That's what God is saying. I love each of you enough to want to share eternity with you. So won't you be my child? Won't you be part of my forever family? I have one further word I want to say. Uh, last Saturday, my family met together for our Christmas get-together. There were 20 of us and it was wonderful. It was a great time. Uh, six of those 20 were my great-grandchildren, ranging from nine to nine years to two months. And there was something that I noticed that set me back a bit. <laughs> and that is relevant to what we're saying here. There were several occasions during that day when I spoke to one or other of my great-grandchildren and they just walked on. Especially the younger ones. Occasionally their eyes might turn my way a bit as they walked on. They might turn their head my way a bit. But most of the time, the littlest ones just didn't answer, didn't respond to my words to them. The older ones did. And I guess that though those little ones know that I love them, they're not scared of me, and I know that they love me, but they have not yet learned that whenever, when someone loves you and cares about you and that person speaks to you, the appropriate thing is to respond. Can I say that again? When there is someone who loves you and cares about you and they speak to you, the appropriate thing is to respond. My friends, have you learned that yet? God has spoken to you. He has said, amongst other things, the things that we have talked about this morning. He has said he loves you enough to make himself known to you in Jesus. 
He loves you enough to sacrifice for your good. He loves you enough to want you with him for eternity. Will you take a few moments to respond to what God's Christmas word says to you today? Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that you have said, that you have spoken, and the word that you have sent into this world so that we might be blessed and so that we might be ready to spend eternity with you. Thank you for the Christmas word. You have told us so very clearly that you love us. We tell you now that we love you, that we respond to that Christmas word of love and we want our lives to count for you and we look forward to the time when we will be taken into your presence to be with the one who has loved us and the one that we love throughout eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The song with which we're going to finish the service is not one that most of us will know really well. I, I know I have a bit of a habit of doing that. Uh, but I chose it because it says some of the things that we've been saying. Uh, any of you recognise the words? Just a hand or two here or there. Uh, you might recognise the tune. Uh, and because it says some of the things that I've been saying. And... Uh, We'll see how we go with it. I invite you to stand and to sing with me. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown When thou camest to earth for me his home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for Sergeants rang when the angels sang, proclaiming a royal decree. But of lowly birth and sad honour, and in great humility, all come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for thee. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for thee. The fox has found rest and the birds had their nest in the shade of the forest tree. But 
Now it was the Son, O the Son of God, in the deserts of Galilee. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for Thee. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for Thee. I have my Lord, with a living word, that should set thy people free. But with mocking scorn and with crown of horn, they bore thee to Calvary. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, thy cross is my only plea. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, thy cross is my only plea. When angels shall ring and the choir shall sing at thy coming to victory, let thy voice call me up, saying, Yes, there is room. There is room at my side for thee, and my heart shall rejoice, Lord Jesus, when thy promise and cause was for me, and my heart shall rejoice, Lord Jesus, when thy promise and cause Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.